You are now listening to an Average Joe Media production. As a father, yes, I feel like I'm somebody My life is my kid, so I tell about it And I swear it's all about that Baby daddy, I ain't a baby daddy I ain't a baby daddy Baby daddy Baby daddy, I ain't a baby daddy I ain't a baby daddy Baby daddy Welcome to another episode of Baby Daddy Chronicles. It is I, it is he, it is your future favorite baby daddy. And today, you all right over there? Yeah, it's too loud. Oh, you want me to turn it down some? Yeah. All right, that better for you? Much. Okay. I got the uh, the original Mr. Jackson. Only one. Yeah, okay, let's, let's not push it. <laughs> My pops, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Hey, man, I'm trying to get this out real, get this out the way real quick. So go back, take your daily Sunday nap, because you know when you snore, the whole neighborhood can hear it, so you know. Hey, something's got to keep them up. <laughs> How's your mental health doing? How we doing? Mental health? Mm-hmm. Mental health's fine. I got, well, how come every time I ask you that question, you be looking at me because crazy? Because I don't have an issue with mental health. Hey, sometimes people, you know, they go through it. Even when I go through it, I still don't have a problem with mental health. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. All right. Um, well, like I said, it ain't going to be a long episode. Um, I wanted to talk to you, right? So I talked to mom about it. I want to talk to you about how you were raised and how that affected your parents. And I'm, I'm expecting your story to be a little bit different because you were raised in a two-parent household. So growing up, right, how did grandma and granddad raise you? Well, I guess we got to start. They, growing up, they really didn't raise me that much. So who raised you then? Uh, my godfather and godmother, because I stayed with them. I think I went over there when I was, I don't know, two weeks old maybe or something like that. And I stayed with them during the school year, Monday, really Sunday through Thursday. And then on Fridays, my parents would come and pick me up, and I'd be with them Friday night, Saturday, and then Sunday evening – I went back. So why was that? Because my mom was a school teacher, so she wasn't there during the day. And then my dad worked at a trucking firm, and he would leave at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So between, like, 2 o'clock and 4 to 4.30, there was no one home. Mm. So you couldn't leave so someone. What about five, what about Uncle Marshall though? Because y'all were twelve years apart at that yeah, point. He was gone. Oh, he was already gone. Yeah, twelve years apart. Hell yeah. Mm. He was gone. Mm. He was either in college or the Navy or something along that line. Mm. Okay. So and plus he was well, he was twelve years, but I guess they didn't want want me to stay with him. Mm. I guess they ain't trusting. <laughs> <laughs> when I get y'all too long, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> I guess they ain't trusting, you know, we used to fight all the time. <laughs> so y'all felt like how me and Josh used to fight? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what you do growing up. Okay. You know? He was in the bed. I was in the bed. I wake up. 
I don't have the covers on me because he didn't snatch them all. So I snatch them back. <laughs> you know, that's what boys do. What was the difference? And it was the, you said your godfather, right? Godfather, godmother. Godfather, godmother. Um, what was the difference between how they raised you and then when you did the difference between the two households? Between what two households? The, uh, so when you would stay with your godfather and godmom, uh, and then as opposed to when you went back home, with parents grandma. were probably a little bit more stricter. Mm. Um, you know, it's thinking back. I mean, it. I couldn't necessarily go places that other people went, mm-hmm. which was fine with me. And I mean, you think growing up. That's what you want to do, but then in the long run, you find out it's probably better, even though sometimes it was boring. But most of the time, like when I stayed at home during the summers, because my mom wasn't wasn't teaching then, I would go over to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Baytop's house, which is probably about a five-minute walk, and go play basketball. Mm. They had a basketball court outside. Well, they had a garage, and on that garage, they had a basketball court. So I'd go over there. And, you know, then they set up a light out there. So I'd go, I'd be playing at nighttime right mm. at their house. And they let me do it. So they just said, you know, no problem. Just come on over. So that's how I spent a lot of my time. Because there were a lot of us. Um, but, you know, there were individuals that we would just hang out together. And mm-hmm. we ended up playing on the basketball teams together and all that type stuff. But I was one year ahead of them. So I was the senior, like, for example, in high school, and they were all juniors. Okay. What was grandma and grandpa's parenting style towards you? I mean, their parenting style was, you know, old school parenting style, you know. We're the adult. You're the child. We tell you do something, you do it. If you don't do it, there's going to be a problem. So, hey, all right, I got it. (laughs) When did you... uh Go back living with them like full time. Um, probably when I became a teenager, okay. thirteen. Now, nah, wasn't thirteen. Say like fifteen, sixteen, somewhere in that ballpark when I could actually stay. But you know, during that time, I was playing sports, so mm-hmm. I would, uh, you know, have they normally had practices after school, and then I would walk home. You know, walk the railroad tracks to get home and from the high school to home was probably 20, 25 minute walk. How many, because I know both of them were busy. How many, did they make it to your sports events often or no? Um, No. My, in high school, I played high school ball. Well, I didn't play my freshman year. I played my sophomore, junior, and senior year. Because you played basketball and baseball, right? I played basketball. Baseball and track, right? Or uh, something like that. I played basketball. Sophomore, uh, fresh, no, sophomore, junior, senior year, and I played baseball uh, junior year. I didn't play my freshman year because my grades weren't good enough, so I couldn't play basketball or baseball my freshman year. Then I played basketball my sophomore year, but toward the end of the season, I broke my finger. Mm. So then I couldn't play baseball in my sophomore year. And so that left junior year. And normally by then, Most coaches, if you're just playing JV by your junior year, it's just, you know, you're not going to play varsity, and that's Mm kind of what happened. So I didn't didn't play a lot in my junior year, and so senior year wasn't any need for me to go out because I knew I wasn't going to play much. So I just got a job and started working. Okay. Was there anything that 
grandpa and grandpa, grandma and grandpa did while they were raising you that you was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm either going to model that or I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I don't do that with my kids. Um, not really. I mean, you know, they were kind of tough at times. I remember one time, <laughs> I still remember, I remember one time I had to wash dishes. I don't know. I said something to my mom and it, it you know, in a loud voice or something like that. And I just remember all of a sudden, before I could turn around, my dad was in the kitchen with his dukes up ready to fight. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> slow your roll, brother. All right, you know, don't you ever talk to your mom like that. I got it, okay. You can go sit down now, go back watching TV. But, you know, that's the only time. Most of the time, you know, we kind of got along. Everybody mm-hmm. was, it was good. Who was you more closer to, your dad or your mom? Um, Well, I think we have to look at it this way. You have the godmother, the godfather, mm-hmm. and then the father and the mother. Mm-hmm. If I had to rank them, it would probably be godmother first, dad second, and then probably a tie between godfather and mother. Okay. Okay. Because I like, like I said, I don't, I don't remember much of your dad. But I remember, like, he, we would talk more, way more than me and grandma would talk. Yeah, I mean, he was more of the, it was more like, it's kind of like our family. I'm more of the outgoing person. Mm-hmm. Mom is more of the introvert. It was kind of like that. Got he you. was the outgoing person. He was involved in the social clubs, and, you know, they would go on vacations, and they would meet people, and then they'd have friends that they talked to even after the vacations, and dad was mostly responsible for that. Mom just went along for the ride. It's kind of crazy because, like, you're not really an extrovert like that. Like you, well, like- I'm not. I'm really a, <laughs> an ambivert. I'm an introvert extrovert. You know, sometimes you got to be an extrovert because you got to get paid. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a problem being an introvert, you know. Just leave me alone. Let me do my thing. And sometimes that can just be watching some YouTube videos, reading a book, mm-hmm. and I'm good. Watching the little Chinese Netflix shows you be watching. That's right, because you never know when you're going to need to go. <laughs> be like, hey, like, yo, what did you watch yo? Hey. Okay. So with them, with your upbringing, right, how did you, how, how does that reflect in your, in, 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 into raising us? Well, I mean, they were tough on us, and we mm-hmm. were kind of tough on y'all. Um, you know, because we wanted to make sure that, one, you learned how to be men. You learned how to do things. And a lot of times y'all would get mad at us, like, why we got to know how to clean up our rooms and, and why we got to know how to make our beds and why we got to know how to iron clothes and why we got to know how to cook things. How to cut grass and shovel. Oh, my gosh. The shoveling and the raking of the leaves. That's like, right. Shoveling, that's all part. <sighs> so when you get your own, you can do that. And you know what you're going to do? <clears throat> When you get your own kids and you got a shovel, if you live up north, guess what you're going to do? You're going to make them get out there and they're going to be shoveling and you're going to be inside watching. <laughs> I was so mad. I remember one time we were shoveling and you came outside after I just put all the salt down with hot chocolate. Talking about I missed a spot and went back inside. Oh, I was so mad, yo. I was like, yo, he don't get out my face. I was like, yo, he don't get out my face. I'm out here cold, freezing my behind off. 
Yeah, he out here just talking about you missed the spot and went back. And, oh, I was so I was so mad. Oh, I was so mad. You missed the spot, but you know. But see that that develops work ethic. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I can say about all of y'all, y'all are hustlers. Every single one of you, all y'all be hustling. You be trying to do things to better yourself. But that starts because we developed that in you, even though it was something you didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. But we developed that in you so that you knew that you got to work. Yeah. If you want what you want, you got to work for it. No, and that definitely kicked in. Like after after I got to like on academic suspension, I was like, all right, I gotta. Yeah, you gotta work. I gotta work now for real. For you gotta real. hustle. I gotta work now for real. Because you know, in this life, ain't nobody giving you nothing. Nothing. And so, what you want, you got to go after. And you got to develop yourself both intellectually. You got to develop yourself. It's something I teach my students. And it's this thing called self-efficacy. And self-efficacy is the ability to know that you can do it. And, you know, it's the ability to know that you can develop your business Mm -hmm. and do it well. It's the ability to know that you can develop your career and do it well. So because a lot of people sometimes don't have – I'm going to say the ability, they don't have that wherewithal to believe that they can actually do it. Mm -hmm. And the self-efficacy is, yeah, you got to believe. You know, I remember um, back when we were in Philadelphia and one of the things Pastor Richardson said in a sermon one time, Pastor Richardson was the pastor of the church we went to in Philadelphia. And one of the things he said was, you know, if you want a particular position, you got to believe that you can get that position. He said, even sometimes to the point where you, maybe your boss just went out somewhere. And so you go and sit down in his chair and start envisioning, you know, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's, and that's kind of what happened with me to a certain degree. I would envision and begin when I was working in New Jersey as an assistant director, I would envision and begin to think about, okay, when I become a director, what are some of the things that I want to do? What are some of the things that I want to develop? What are some of the things that I feel I can do in order to uh, help students be successful? And I start envisioning. uh, One of the things I didn't do that much of, but I should have, was start writing things down. But that's one of the things you want to do. You want to start envisioning. You want to start developing where it is you want to go before you even get there. So when I got there, it was easy for me to do because I had already developed what it is that I had planned on doing. Mm-hmm. And so that part of that self-efficacy. But I think the other thing is you want to start uh, envisioning and dreaming about where you want to be and then thinking about how you're going to get there. You know, mm-hmm. is it is it a certain amount of education I'm going to need? And I had my students go through that in their class and they're all freshmen. But, you know, what type of education am I going to need? How can I begin to develop myself? Are there conferences or books that I need to read? I mean, you you can go over there and you can look in that bookshelf and you'll see a lot of books, especially by John Maxwell. He mm-hmm. writes a lot of good books on leadership because I knew when I became a director, I was becoming a leader. And so then I had to begin to develop myself in regards to how can you become a good leader? How can you lead people? And so I probably have oof, at least a dozen books over there on leadership and development and those types of things. And so that's what you want to want to begin to do 
is begin to think about how can I become a better leader when I get to that position, if that's a position you want. I mean, leadership is hard Mm -hmm. because you're dealing with people. (laughs) And people are hard. You got some that will... Some that will believe in you and go to bat for you. Got others feel that they can do it better than you. And you just got others saying, I don't care what you say. I'm just not going to do it because I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And you got to deal with all of that. And I've, I've had all three types. I got people that go to bat for you. If you say you need to get something done, they'll stay up working till midnight. And you got others like, no, I'm just going to give you the bare minimum. Mm. And then you got some is, well, I feel I can do it better than you, so I don't like you anyway. (laughs) Okay, fine. Go find another job. You ain't got to work here. (laughs) What what were some of the mistakes, if there were some that you felt like um, your parents made uh, raising you? Well, I think one of the mistakes – was the fact that and it wasn't really a mistake. It was just the reality. I mean, the, the reality was because of the job my dad had and the job my mom had, they really weren't able to come to a lot of my games. Is that why you made sure you went to and just about all? Yep. And that's why I made sure I went to just about all of my kids' games so they knew I was there. Because when I started, var- my dad came to, he took a day off and he came to my first varsity game. Um, and that was one of my better games. Mm-hmm. I said, shoot, dude, you need to be at every game. <laughs> Man, I was killed. I had 21 points. We ended up losing the game, but mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, I mean, he was in the, he was in the, in the stands, but you know, that's one of the reasons, cause I wanted you to know that I was there to support you. And sometimes that wasn't easy. Cause I remember one time it was three of y'all were playing at the same time. I remember one time it was like, uh, Emmanuel was playing JV. Mm-hmm. You were playing in the GTBBL. Mm-hmm. And then Joshua was also playing the GTBBL mm-hmm. in another location. Mm-hmm. So I went to Emmanuel's game for like the first quarter or something like that. And then from there, I went over to your game. And then I caught the last half of Joshua's game. So I was there for all of them. Mm. But that, you know, those are things you look at and you say, yeah, well, when I grow up, that's one of the it, things. Yep, yep, I was just about to that say that. I want to do. I want to make sure. That I was there. But, you know, once again, that's where the education comes in at because the education allowed me Mm -hmm. to get into a position where I could leave and go to your games. My dad, um, he was a plumber and that didn't work out. Um, Not because he didn't know what he was doing. It's just because there was some racism back during that time Mm -hmm. and the white plumbers basically talked bad about him, and so people wouldn't use him. And so he ended up going into the trucking firm, but the trucking firm had him working late-night hours. So he was working really like 4 to 12 mm-hmm. or 4 to 1, something like that. But he wouldn't get home till like 2 o'clock in the morning, 2, mm. 2.30 in the morning. What uh, if, you, if you could do some things over with us, what would, you, what, what, what would they be? Um, maybe not be as strict on y'all give you some so i don't so i think both of y'all were strict but i think like as we got older you became a little more of the lenient one well yeah you should you're growing up um i mean you you got to develop these are the ground rules and then as you get older you can you know ease back Mm -hmm. some 
as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do and not trying to now see you, you would always get in trouble. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad at least this mouth that you got is, is allowing <laughs> you to, to do something legit. Because, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, this boy stayed in trouble because he was running his mouth all the time. There were times because um, mom didn't want to get the call. Mm-hmm. So I remember there was one time where the teacher called me up. Now, granted, I lived, we lived 40 minutes away. Uh, well, at least I worked 40 minutes away from his school. The teacher called me up saying, Taroy is, is really being disruptive, so on and so forth. All right, I got to, I told my boss, hey, I got to go to the school. I'll be back. So I had to drive 40 minutes to the school. I got to sign in. And 40 minutes later, he was still acting up. And I'm, I'm he didn't know it, right? But I, the door was open. And I'm standing out outside the door so he can't see me. And I'm listening. And then finally I'm like, this boy is acting a fool. <laughs> just 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 acting a fool, talking, disrupting. And so then I go into the door. I stand right in front of the door. <laughs> and I'll never forget his face. When he saw me, it was like it was that sound. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> And I just did one of those little little finger things, like, come here. So he came. I said, boy, don't, get, don't be acting a fool because you're going to get yourself in trouble. Now, you better get in there and do what the teacher says. He went on in, didn't have no more problems. I waved goodbye to the teacher, drove on back to work. All right, so you said, before I cut you off, you was, like, being strict with us. Yeah, I mean, we were strict with you, but then again, I, I – Based on where we lived, I think we had to be because, you know, it was a little rough. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to make sure. Somebody Willenboro? Yeah. It was a little rough, and you just had to make sure mm-hmm. that, you know, you couldn't just hang around anybody and you couldn't just go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I think Willenboro's got even rougher. But then again, the whole world's got rougher mm-hmm. as compared to what it was like in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, but I'm, I think it's worked out. I mean, all of you are doing well. Obviously, all of you could do better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just part of life. And you learn from that and you improve on that and you and you try to, you know, cut down on the mistakes that you make so that you can support yourself, support your family, support your children, and then support your future. So let's get back to me acting up, right? Um, How did you handle that? Because I know mom was at her wits end, which caused her to, you know, kick me out. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. How, like. I remember that. <laughs> what, 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 what was going through your mind when that happened? Oh, so I remember I'm coming home. We were in Sicklerville then, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm coming home, and, um, you know, I see Josh there. I see Manuel there. I'm like, well, where's Teroy? I don't know who said it, but. Mom kicked him out. I'm like, what? <laughs> you did what? You know, mom, he was just acting up. I couldn't deal with it anymore. So I just told him to get out. I said, the boy only 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't deal with it anymore. <laughs> so with her being at a Whitson, how was you able to deal with the frustration of me always getting in trouble? Because... Y'all clearly had two different two two different ways of handling the frustration. Well, I I, I try to keep things in perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, because 
we all get in trouble in one mm-hmm. way or the other. I mean, I got in trouble, probably not as much as you, but I got in trouble a little bit in school. too. Like I know with Josh, it wasn't, he had a problem with, he, he had, he had issues at the home. I just had issues at school. <laughs> yeah. Josh, Josh, Josh wanted to do what Josh wanted to do, <laughs> period. I mean, and so then now you fighting up against authority. The authorities say, Josh, don't touch the stove. Josh going to sit there. Now, I don't think he actually did this, but Josh was the type. I'm going to touch the stove, and then I'm going to look at you so, you, <laughs> that you so that you can see that I'm touching the stove. That's Josh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Emmanuel was like, well, I saw what Josh, how Josh got in trouble. I see how Troy got in trouble. I make sure I don't do any of them. <laughs> I mean, it was strict, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about, you know, and I haven't, I haven't seen some of the pictures lately, but, you know, we travel. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's, who is going to forget that time when we went to Palm Desert? Mm, it was hot. California. Oh, it was Let so me tell hot. you, average temperature during the day was 118 and at night, it was 99. I'm talking about at midnight, it was 99 degrees. You ain't going to forget that. You know, you ain't never going to forget that. But we had the opportunity to travel. And, um, you know, those are memories you're not going to forget. Mm-hmm. You know, matter of fact, we probably need to do another. I think next year. No, maybe not next year. Maybe the year after we'll do another like cruise. Maybe by then. I'll have a daughter-in-law or something like that. <laughs> I ain't say no kids. I just said a daughter-in-law or grandkids. I just said a daughter-in-law by then. Maybe in two years. Maybe, maybe. maybe in two years, huh? Maybe. Somebody. Somewhere. Somebody. Somewhere got to step up, right? Um, but no, man, y'all were, um, I was telling mom, like, y'all, y'all, y'all were, like, I don't always agree with, you know, some of the decisions y'all made, but y'all were, y'all were great parents. Like, if we ain't. Of course not. You ain't supposed to agree. We ain't, you know, like, we ain't out here. Acting a fool. Acting a fool. In jail. Y'all ain't none of that. And that's our objective. Mm -hmm. The objective is you want your children to grow up to respect authority because if you respect authority, it's going to keep you out of jail. Policemen say put your hands up on the steering wheel. Put your hands up on the steering wheel. Don't be sitting there arguing with them. And then even sometimes when we put our hands up on the steering wheel, it still don't make a difference. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you got to do what they say. And so, no, I mean, like, y'all are doing what you do. Everybody's got their own thing. You're doing your thing. Josh doing his thing. Emmanuel's doing his thing. And you're trying to make it work to yeah. the best of your ability. That's all we can do. Try That's to make it work. That's all you can do. But I, I told mom, I was like, when I have a kid, I understand, you know, I'm giving the seventh grade because that's, that's that after seventh grade, when I, eighth grade, when I turned it around a little bit. So I'm going to give him a grace period to seventh grade. <laughs> after seventh grade, it's going to be like, all right, we're we, we going to have to reel this in a little bit. <laughs> You have to reel this in a little bit. Hey, but I mean, you got the Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. And Mm -hmm. when he's old, he will not depart. You got to train him. I think we have kind of gotten away from that in regards to, you know, sometimes people think their kids are their friends. Yeah, in a, in a way, but you are the adult. It's a fine line. It's it's a balance that needs to happen. You can be a friend, but you got to let them know if I say, this is what it is. This is what it is Mm -hmm. because our job is to protect you. Our job is to guide you. Our job is to train you so that when you become older, you can be take know how to take care of your kids, know how to treat a woman, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's our job to try to um, basically teach you how is that done. I get with that, man. I get with that. I just hope when I do have kids, I can be a good father like you. Well, 
I mean, I think the bottom line is um, parenting ain't easy. Sometimes you get frustrated. Sometimes you might say things you don't really mean, but in frustration it comes out. And then I would read. I mean, I, I, I'd read. I think you'll also see in there some books on parenting because, you know, it's one thing to watch somebody, mm-hmm. and it's another thing to actually go through mm-hmm. it. And be in the fire. Especially when you're a kid acting a fool. <laughs> <laughs> we can laugh about that now. It wasn't funny back then. Come on, dude. Come on. <laughs> but, you know, I think one of the – I think we come from a great family um, going back and just looking at how even my mom's family supported – my mom, you know, what a lot of people don't know is that um, I'm trying to remember how many siblings my mom had. I think she had maybe four or five siblings or something like that. And my mom was relatively smart. And so the family decided that they would all chip in money that they make from their jobs so that my mom could go to school because only one child could go to school. Mm. And so she had two brothers and two sisters, and they all chipped in together to allow her to go to school, and she ended up going to Hampton. So college. They were talking about college. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, talking about college. I didn't Um, know that. Yeah, yeah, they all chipped in. They helped pay for her to go to school. And so she went to Hampton Institute at the time, which is now Hampton University, and um, they helped pay for it. And then later on, uh, she went on to the University of Pennsylvania and got her master's degree. I know she got a ma- I didn't know she had a master's at UPenn. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, she got a master's at UPenn, and then of course, you know, f- for those of you that have seen um, what's the name of that movie? Hidden Figures. Oh yeah, Hidden Figures. That's my other cousin. Um, she was depicted in Hidden Figures. Mary Jackson. As a matter of fact, uh, they named the NASA building after her, and she also went to Hampton Institute. And so, you know, we have a legacy in our family of individuals that are successful. Um, And then success doesn't always mean that you're making a ton of money. But, you know, one of the things I remember about my cousin Mary is that anytime I would go over there, she would always ask me if I knew of any individuals who were into engineering that were looking for jobs. And, you know, a lot of the things I didn't even know about until I went and saw the movie. And this is a woman where... I would go over her house and spend a weekend. Mm. I would go over there and visit. I'd visit her sisters because one sister lived down the street from her, cousin Nay, and then another sister lived around the corner, Aunt Hattie, and I'd go visit all of them, and those were all our relatives. And so, you know, it's it's a matter of continuing the legacy, mm. the legacy that they have developed for us. Okay. We're going to wrap it up. This was good. Um you want to start a podcast, www.theaveragejoemedia.com. As you already know. This is an Average Joe Media production. Subscribe, like, share, follow me on Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that. Get the word out there. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all, man. It's your future favorite baby daddy signing off, man. I'm going to see y'all next week. Peace. If you enjoy what you're from Baby Daddy Chronicles Podcast, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram at Baby Daddy Chronicles Pod and on Twitter at Baby Daddy Cron. If you want to watch the videos, subscribe to our YouTube at Average Joe Media LLC, which is also in the bio. And then you'll go to Baby Daddy Chronicles and you'll see all the videos for that. If you want to join the community, 
go on Facebook to Baby Daddy Chronicles. It's a group, and you'll see there. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, follow the group and stay up to date with the podcast, and also be a safe space for fathers and parents as well. Don't forget to leave us a subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and leave us a review as well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for laughing, and I hope you continue to enjoy the content. As a father, guess I feel like I'm somebody My life is my kid, so I tell about it And I swear it's all about that Baby daddy, I ain't a baby daddy 